You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you there, Casey? I am. All right. You've just crossed over into the trend zone. In today's episode, we'll talk about the final vacancy being filled in the coaching carousel, an offensive mind being added to the Panthers, a couple of surefire Hall of Famers calling it quits, a little bit of survivor action, and of course, we will preview the big championship games in the NFL this weekend. But Casey, before we get going on all that good stuff, you got some good stuff in the form of a tasty nug for the people. You know it, dude, bringing that dank nuggage for the postseason, man, (laughs) through the four last teams, the Packers, the Niners, and the Titans during the championship games this weekend, Dave. They did not make the playoffs last year. That's the sixth time that at least three teams had advanced to the championship games after failing to make the postseason the previous year. In that sense, uh, the NFL instituted the 12-team playoff format in 90, and it's the second time in the past uh, three seasons, Dave. And as we're doing here in the postseason, we're going to double up on the Nugulars. Okay. The Niners, the fifth team since 1990 to advance to a championship game after winning four or fewer games the previous season. Um, That's the second time in three years joining the Jags from 2017. Dave, that is why we love the NFL, bro. You just took it's the words awesome. right, out my, right out of my mouth, dude. That is every week we 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 have nug after nug where it's just like this is exemplary of why the NFL is so rad, man. Because your team is not that far away. <laughs> All right, Dave. Coaching carousel usually spins a little bit into you know late January, maybe February. It's yeah. done spinning, bro. Yeah, man. It was Stefanski, man. He's uh, the last hire here. He goes to the Browns. He spent the last 14 years with the Vikings. Is uh, an offensive coordinator there. Uh, he's only 37, so another. So young... 14 years he went there when he was 12. He was like 12 there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had yet another young uh, offensive genius uh, getting some action here, Casey. But um, you know they still haven't even hired a GM yet there, so it's a little bit of a you know a strange scenario there. But um, De Podesta, the former baseball analytics dude is the chief strategy officer there. So um, there's a weird, there's a weird power structure there. And obviously, um, you know, the the Haslam's on top. uh, So who knows what's going on there? They still need to hire, obviously a defensive coordinator. It's down to Steve Wilkes or Joe Woods uh, at this point in time. And so uh, we'll see where they go with that, man. But Stefanski gets the gig uh, after the Vikings obviously were outed from the playoffs, man. Yeah, I do. The Brownies won the uh, Super Bowl in the post in the uh, preseason last year, man. Right. When the offseason, all those moves didn't translate, and they're looking for another coach yep. yet again. Dave, you said uh, a beautiful mind <laughs> going to the Panthers. That's right. Or was it offensive? <laughs> it was the offensive, folks? Casey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to talk about it? It's Joe Brady, then, dude. He obviously was on the Saints staff as an offensive brain uh, under uh, that regime there. He came over to LSU prior to this season, and he transformed their offense into the juggernaut that we witnessed uh, in the national title game. But, man, 
he was the passing coordinator there, and now uh, he looks like he's joining Matt Rule in Carolina. So looks like they're going to have something pretty fresh and cool going on there in Carolina. Let's see uh, if he can do what he did to LSU to that Carolina offense uh, as Norv Turner exit that exits that scenario. Um, Obviously, though, Casey, a big question mark will be who's going to play quarterback for that squad. Yeah, man. Well, they draft, well, they keep Cam, uh, keep yep. Kyle Allen. There are lots of questions there. But, Dave, we know who the quarterback was for LSU um, with Brady there. That was Joe Burrow, man. And they put the Ooh. beat down on the Clemson Tigers in the, the championship. 42-25. Dave Burrow, another six touchdowns. <laughs> Made me feel a little bit better about the ass whooping my Sooners got. But this guy, dude, got better as the season went on. Yeah. He smashed Bama, smashed Georgia, smashed the Sooners, smashed Clemson. Nothing less the, left the proof for this guy. But, Dave, the only question is now, where will his apartment be in Cincinnati? Yeah, well, apparently he is a an Ohio guy, so it's – Less, you know, <laughs> how he feels about this if he's stoked if he was a Browns fan or a Bengals fan. But it looks like it's a lock, basically, for him to go to the. Not even the Bengals can bungle this one up, right, Casey? I don't think so, Dave, but you can never <laughs> be too sure, but I do not think they can. Right. All right, bro, you mentioned a couple surefire Hall of Famers calling it quits, man. I'm going to let you get this thing started with your dude. Yeah, it was Antonio Gates uh, earlier today. He didn't play this season, so it's not really a surprise uh, that uh, he, that he did. and he only played about half the season last year. But he ends his uh, 16-year career with 955 catches, 11,841 yards, and 116 touchdowns. He's third in catches and yards, and number one all-time in touchdowns for tight ends. Man, so this guy was the kind of the. Uh, maybe the one of the first guys that went from basketball to playing tight end and doing it in such a productive manner, dude. So uh, just a phenomenal career for a really, really classy uh, dude, Antonio Gates. Uh, and all 16 years with the Chargers. The only thing, of course, he never got that ring. Oh, man, yeah, he was one of the best to ever do it. You mentioned he's going in. Dude, no shock there, but a little shocking here. The news coming out. Um, that Luke Keekley is retiring from the NFL yeah. after just eight years. This guy was one of the best to do it, too. Um, you, not the physical specimen, you know, that you see in some guys, but just hard-nosed, great player, understood defense so well, just knew the game. Yep. And um, you can tell he doesn't really want to go out, but he's going to – we were talking about that earlier – couple years ago when that concussion where he was, like, almost on the verge of tears. We yeah, looked, were like, oh, my God. Something is really wrong there. Mm -hmm. um, he And I think he's just had enough. He's probably got a future in coaching, if not on television there. Interesting, you know, the last couple of years he's been wearing this Q collar. He can't get it in the States yet, but it's up there in Canada. Supposedly since he had that, he hadn't had any more concussions. But nonetheless, it was time for him to call it quit. A little premature, but a mm -hmm. great impact on the game, man. It was so fun to watch. and. You know, wish nothing but the best for him moving forward. No doubt about it, dude. A phenomenal player, like you said, a little undersized, but a very physical guy. Stuck his uh, his hat in there and made the plays. And instinctive football player. It's a shame to see him go. Shorter career than we would have liked to see. Absolutely. All right, dude. Three strikes is our is our survivor league, dude, and it wrapped up already. But if there's some possibility out there, if you're still in a league um, and you still have not died yet, congratulations to you. Um, real quick, heading into this uh, last week, the most popular pick 
that was correct was Kansas City beating Houston. Obviously, no shock here. The most popular incorrect pick, Baltimore over Tennessee, Casey. Yeah, moving into this week, uh, the most popular pick is the Niners over the Packers. Hey, real quick, I want to let the peoples know, if you're going to Amazon doing any shopping there before you do, head on over to the Football Dudes, footballdudes.com. Click on our Amazon button. It's not going to cost you anything, but it might make us a couple of bucks, and we like money. (laughs) Well said, Casey. Well said. (laughs) I think you put that together very nicely. (laughs) Woo, Dave. What's that, dude? It's the championship weekend right over there. Did you know? Oh, dude, this is going to be some good stuff, man. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. Loser, disappointment goes home. Oh, man, the finality is upon us. Let's get it started, dude. It's the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Dave, the Titans, the first six seed, they reach a conference championship since the New York Jets and the Packers did it back in 2010. Chiefs joined the Patriots as the only team to host AFC Championship in consecutive season since 2000. Let me go back real quick, Dave. In Week 10, the Titans beat the Chiefs in Nashville, 35-32. Yep. Teams combined for over 900 yards of total offense. Ooh. Game had five lead changes. Titans overcame a nine-point fourth-quarter deficit. That includes Ken Hill's um, go-ahead touchdown pass in the final minute, and then those Titans blocked a game-time field goal for nice. the Chiefs. As time expired, hopefully we can get something similar yeah. this week, baby. <laughs> Sign me up for that one, dude. Uh, that oh, yeah. sounds phenomenal, dude. But let's talk Tennessee real quick here. Coming off that huge wild card win at New England, then they travel to Baltimore and beat the Ravens. I mean, unbelievable. Wow. What's this journey? And if they can go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. <laughs> they earned a trip to the Absolutely, Super Bowl, man. Yeah. Uh, they'll they'll be there uh, if they do that, Casey. They'll be partying like it's 1999 because that was the last time that they were in the Super Bowl, dude. And they will have absolutely earned it. But let's take a look at the Titans offensively. 12th in the league total yards, 3rd in rushing. So it's pretty much a, a run-oriented squad with almost 140 yards a game. And they scored over 25 points a game. So they get it done. Um, but it's it's really about Derrick Henry and this running game. When they beat the Chiefs, like you mentioned, in the regular season there in Week 10, Derrick Henry carried 23 times for 188 yards and two touchdowns. So he had a huge impact in that game, including a 68-yard touchdown. Um, he got 10 first downs in that game. And they just they just kept pounding him. They went down ten to nothing in that game, Casey, and they kept giving him the ball. Uh, didn't go away from the ground game. Now Tannehill did what he did too in that game. What he did all year long, which was an efficient performance. Not that many yards at 181 yards, but two touchdowns, zero picks. His quarterback rating in that game 133.9. So very very impressive. And Tannehill last week coming off a phenomenal performance, three TDs. One of them running the ball and 109 rating last week. So he is 2-0 and as a starter in the playoffs. Yeah, dude, they haven't given Tannehill that much because he hasn't had to do much because Henry's been running so well. Right. But he's stepped up every time they've asked him to do something. And it yep. felt like to me he had more if needed, but why throw it when you're running for like nine yards a clip, dude? But no so doubt. impressed by Tannehill so far, dude. No doubt, dude. And obviously he came in uh, in relief of Mario to midseason. It's pretty much the most single most important like uh, 
position switch, you know, coaching decision yeah. in the entire league this year. Because um, when he came in, that's when their season turned around. They were two and four, and they got on fire at that point. You know, he has um, his completion percentage is over seventy percent on the season, which is pretty impressive, uh, pretty amazing, in fact. But his uh, passer rating, 117.5, that's the f- that's not only is that the, f- the highest in the NFL this, this year, but it's the fourth highest rating in, s- in a single season in NFL history. So, wow. I mean, it all it, it's just short a handful of games, but let's not discredit him at all. He really put together a nice season. When you think about Derrick Henry, Though, let's get back to the actual engine that drives this thing. Um, last week, 195 yards, and he passed for a touchdown, too. So, in the last three games for Derrick Henry, 180-plus yards, three straight games, man. If they do Whoa. that again, and that's one thing that they're going to try and do. It's no mystery here that you know, none of these teams were taken off guard by this strategy here. Yeah. You know, They're coming in here saying, we're going to run this, dude. And as the third quarter and the fourth quarter start happening, these runs are going to get bigger and bigger, man. But he did lead the NFL with rushing yards, 1540 on the season, and 16 touchdowns. He averaged over five yards a carry, man. And I'm no math wizard over here, Casey, but that means you get either third and short or a first down uh, on second down. So um, it's a strategy. If the Chiefs, who, and that's maybe one of their weaker spots, if they can't stop the run, they're going to end up getting a whole lot of Derrick Henry. Let's talk about, though, another one of these uh, big play guys in A.J. Brown, the rookie receiver. Over 1,000 yards on the season, eight touchdown catches, and he averages over 20 yards a catch. So he is a big play machine. When the defense comes up to try and stop Derrick Henry and he's one-on-one with the dude, he knows how to beat his guy deep or break a tackle and go big with it, dude. So uh, Corey Davis, the other receiver, he had a touchdown uh, last week, and – they have also uh, Khalif Raymond and Janu Smith, each with uh, touchdowns last week as well. So guys are getting involved. They're spreading it around a little bit in the passing game there. Defensively, it's not as great of a defense statistically on the season, dude, but they seem to have awesome game plans for the opposing team's offense. I mean, what they were able to do, I, obviously it's Tom Brady over there in the first week, and they were able to contain that offense, and then last week, they were the first team to come up with an answer for Jackson and that ba- uh, that Baltimore offense. Nobody shut him down like Tennessee did last week and frustrated Jackson, man. He's been running all over people uh, with the Ravens this year. And what the Titans were able to put together defensively scheme-wise was really, really impressive, man. Um, you know, they just they don't have a bunch of name dudes, you know, safety Kenny Vaccaro and, and Kevin Byard are pretty much uh, stalwarts back there. And Jarrell Casey, um, he had uh, two sacks last week and a force. That guy him. sounds like a badass. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Strange that you would think so, Casey. But um, you know what? I mean, this defense is kind of just um, a lunch pail kind of defense, but that's Vrabel's style, man. I'm starting to yeah. like Vrabel a lot more the more I find out about this dude and, and what he's bringing to the table. It's it's pretty clear now, as a disciple of Belichick, how uh, this guy's football IQ is extremely high, man. But this is going to be a heck of a football game, dude. Talk about some of these Chiefs, though, because this is scary going into that field, that sea of red, man. Oh, Dave, I'm sure you were all giddy and chuckling with the Texans up 24 nothing, <laughs> loving life. I cracked yeah. open a beer at that point. <laughs> Dave, but that's... Uh, that's when the Chiefs went on a 51-7 to scoring run, 24-point comeback, the largest in franchise history. Yeah. Um, 
surpassing the previous record of 21 points set against your Chargers in 2016. So they wiped you out of the uh, oh. the history book. So you, there's a win that. in there somewhere, dude. <laughs> Appreciate um, that. Yeah, and then the Chiefs scoring those 51 points found the end zone on seven straight drives. That's ridiculous. Wow. And speaking of sevens, it's going to be Andy Reid's seventh conference championship. But so far, he's only one in five, dude. Needs to find a way to get over that hump. And I know I gave Lamar the MVP last week, but there's an argument to be made for reigning MVP, keeping his crown. Not only does he have 76 TDs through his first two seasons, he's going to become the eighth quarterback to start two championship games in his first three seasons since 1970. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes, dude. First player in NFL history with at least 300 yards passing, five touchdown passes, 50 yards rushing in a single postseason game, by the way. Um, that ended up with a 134.6 passer rating in that one. Why should he be the MVP? 17 QBs have put up a 24-point quarter in postseason play. Two have done it twice. One is Sid Luckman from 1940 and 41. <laughs> I remember other, that, dude. Yeah, that's right. And the other is Pat Mahomes. There's not a throw <laughs> he can't make, and apparently there's no yeah. lead big enough either. Chiefs will um, go as he goes, and if last week is any indication... They're going to be all right, but that's what we thought about Lamar last week, too, before he went up against those Titans. Mm, um, yeah. In the backfield, there, Damian Williams, former Sooner, he had three touchdowns last week. Shady McCoy, only one touch. I'm not sure of his health level there, but with Williams doing all that, yeah. um, you don't really need Shady in the mix. He's a nice uh, counter if you have it there. Speaking of three touchdowns, Travis Kelsey, career-high three touchdowns last week. Here's every player, Dave, in postseason history to have 10-plus catches, 130-plus yards, and three touchdowns in a single game. You might have heard of these cats. Jerry Rice. Oh, yeah, that's pretty familiar with that. Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Gronk. Gronk and Kelsey joined uh, those two. Pretty impressive. Wow. Now, in their Week 12 meeting, though, it was Tyreek Hill that had 11 catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. So the Chiefs got going in that game, but they just too little too late there. And last week, dude, um, Frank Clark had three of the team's five sacks, really frustrated the quarterback there, was in the backfield all day. A calf injury in practice made Chris Jones a late scratch. Reed said Jones is considered day-to-day. They want to have him back in this. He might oh, be their best time. player. Yeah. They added Honey Badger in there, and he's been uh, impressive in the back end, but Chris Jones gets that pressure up front. And we talked about Spag's impact on this team. The Chiefs held the Texans to only seven second-half points and zero in the fourth quarter, man. So they're getting that a little bit tightened up there. The Titans need, speaking of Titan, the Titans need to get out in front and keep it close to have Henry in that mix. Mm-hmm. If they get behind early and have to pass a lot, that could be trouble, Dave. Last week, the Chiefs only had the ball for 25 minutes, and they sk- still scored 51 points, dude. That is insane. Wow. And a big factor was the special teams. Take away that Tariq Hill fumble, but McCole Harmon, the pro bowler, he really sparked the team with that huge return mm-hmm. early on. And how about my guy, Dirty Dan Sorensen, with the huge tackle on the fake punt. I don't know why you're doing a fake punt there on your own 30. And then the big hit on the ensuing <laughs> kickoff, causing the fumble. And that's all she wrote um, for those Houston Texans, man. This Chiefs team, we talked about, one offsides away from being in the Super Bowl last year. Um, they're trying to get back, dude. No doubt about it, dude. It's going to be a phenomenal football game. All right, up next, dude, it is the NFC Championship game. It is the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers at home favored by 7.5 in this one. And this is also a repeat of a game that took place during the NFL season. Week 12 it was, Casey, where the Packers went to the 49ers, as they will 
this Sunday, and the Packers were defeated by the Niners 37-8 to in a pretty significant beatdown, dude. They're going to have to do a little bit more offensively than eight points if they want to compete with these 49ers this weekend. Yeah, that was their lowest point total of the season, but mm-hmm. they got Aaron Rodgers. He's from the Bay Area. He wants to make amends on that. This is his fourth NFC Championship game appearance. That's the third most among active quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure you can guess who the other two are. Breeze and Brady. They've made big-time plays in big-time games, yeah. and that is A-Rod. Dude, I've seen it firsthand. He's done my Cowboys so dirty in the playoffs. He's about to give someone else a taste, dude. In 17 career postseason games, Rodgers has 38 touchdowns. That's the fifth most in NFL history and 100 100 PR rating in there. A-Rod looking for his seventh playoff game in a row with at least two touchdowns. And he had a clunker in Week 12. It's hard to imagine that that's going to happen again Mm -hmm. because he all around, hand that ball to Aaron Jones, maybe a top five running back. Easy. He had two rushing touchdowns in the divisional round. And that gives him 21 for this year. Not too shabby. Yeah. They didn't rush for a lot per play, only 3.6 yards. But they were able to run the ball 30 times. And as long as you can stick with yeah. it, it's going to open up. That was a big part of it. Um, Devontae Adams, man, he's fully healthy. He had eight receptions for 160 yards and two touchdowns against the Seahawks, including that second one on that post corner that was absolutely filthy. Adams has six touchdowns in seven career postseason games. But what worries me here, Dave, is the only other player to catch more than one pass was Jimmy Graham, and he only had three. Now, that third was the biggest of the game. They're going to need to spread it around if they're going to have a shot in this game. But, Dave, don't you love it when a game ends on, ah, close enough, first down. We've seen it so many times this year. (laughs) Brutal. (laughs) Right. Probably going to make that on fourth down, but at least let's do it, man. I'm sick of these crappy officials. But let's go ahead and move forward because the real reason that the Seahawks got killed where the Packers were unstoppable on third down, dude. Mm-hmm. Nine of 14 just killed the Seahawks, including wow. two for two on that final drive with just a few minutes left in the fourth quarter to put that game away. But they flip it over to this defense. You want to guess who led the team in tackles last week? Mm-hmm. Um, um. Blake Martinez, that's right. <laughs> he led the whole season, didn't he? Your sooner yeah, yeah. boy. Your, your guy, the sooner. That's right. He's really making his impact felt. Defense had five sacks. The right. Smith brothers have four of those. Hashtag snubbed. But we've seen some oh, yeah. epic matchups between this these two teams. Let's hope we get another one Sunday, dude. But these Niners, man, they're filthy, bro. Oh, dude. You are not kidding about this Niners squad, dude. And it... It really, you know, it, it's been an, an, a consistent and impressive season for these guys. They're coming off that their dismantling of, of Minnesota uh, last week, 27-10, to 10, where they just basically crushed them uh, after, you know, the first handful of series. It just seemed to be, all right, this is going one way and it's not turning back. You know what, though? I mean, offensively and statistically speaking on both sides of the football, this team is arguably – the best team in the league when you just start start crunching the numbers man offensively fourth in total yards second in rushing so they can rush the football when they want to and second in points at nearly 30 points a game fifth on third down the the money down there 
But talking about that first meeting um, against these Packers, uh, where not only did they really smother Aaron Rodgers offensively and, and hold him to his worst performance, maybe in his career, honestly. I think it was about 100 yards passing uh, and the eight points of productivity. But Ugh. on the other side of the football, it was Jimmy Garoppolo, dude, with 250-plus yards and two touchdowns, zero picks, and a 145.8 passer rating in that game so he just was clicking he was on the money against that Packers um, secondary dude on the season nearly 4,000 yards uh, for Jimmy G he's coming off a phenomenal season where his first one to get through the season as the full-time starter with 102 quarterback rating a more than two to one uh, touchdown to interception ratio at 27 to 13 and when he comes, when he does throw a pick, he seems to bounce back with a ferocity, yeah. man. Uh, he just comes at it. And one of the things about this team, um, they, you know, they had those injuries last year that derailed the whole season, basically. And it was a lot, a lot of injuries uh, around, but obviously Garoppolo. But, um, but the running backs, dude. This is a three-headed. This is a three-headed running back squad, dude. With Coleman, Mostert, and Breida, and it seems like you know it doesn't matter really which guy actually is the featured back. They do have obviously slightly different um, roles in this offense. Um, no question about it. But um, Mostert led the led the led the team in rushing on the season. He averages uh, 5.6 yards a carry, so it's a monster average. He had a few games in there where he was just crushing it in terms of getting some huge runs. Um, but Tevin Coleman. Over 100 yards and two uh, touchdowns last week against the uh, against the Vikings. So he's kind of their goal line guy. When they get down there, uh, they like to hand it to Coleman. But Mostert um, to, uh, in the in the Week 12 meeting had a touchdown against the 49ers. So I mean, it's just a strong, strong squad. And Breida obviously seemingly was the starter uh, before uh, he, you know having his injury issues as well. So uh, at, at tight end, they have one of the top tight ends, obviously. Um, in this weekend's action, we'll have Kelsey, one of the top tight ends for the Chiefs, but uh, Kittle uh, in right in that mix right now. Um, and in the Week 12 matchup um, that they had against the Packers, he had six catches, 129 yards, and a score Ugh. in that game. So he really, really got it going. Uh, and that's not a good sign. That means that the Packers are going to have to come in there and have some kind of answer for Kittle. Otherwise, they're going to get burned bad by the big tight end that can fly. Debo Samuel. Uh, also, as a rookie, sneaky kind of got a good season going, dude. 800 yards uh, yeah. and, and a touchdown uh, in the last game against the Packers. So, uh, But he's playing better now than he was even back then. And, and it's, it's more consistent. Emmanuel Sanders uh, also, uh, you know, the more veteran receiver there. So um, they've got a ton of weapons and just essentially uh, – can't be stopped running the football basically this season. So uh, if the pack can't stop them uh, running the ball, it's gonna then everything opens up for this team, and that that really opens up the passing game for Garoppolo to just be sort of efficient and productive. Defensively, though, dude, I mean they're statistically one of the best defenses in the league, second in total yards, first in passing defense, um, and eighth in points allowed at nearly tw- at just under twenty a game. They're second best on third down, so uh, on both sides of the ball, dominant um, on third down. 
So the one weakness is against the run. So if these Packers can get uh, the running game going, that might be it. But that just means they're average, dude. They're average at seventeenth best. They're just average. That's that that that's the you know it's not bad. <laughs> they looked better than average last week when they held Delvin Cook to absolutely nothing. Man, I was dude. shocked. I thought they would win that game, but I didn't expect them to shut him down completely. I hundred percent agree with you on that, dude. But when you think about the dudes they have on that defensive line that are saying to themselves, "Hey." I'm. This is my chance to shine, right? And it's Nick Bosa, the rookie. He had two sacks last week and a um, a pass defended, and he had a sack and a fumble recovery when they played the Packers in Week 12. So the dude has stepped up his game uh, last week and the last time they played the Packers. Not to mention Eric Armstead, dude. Uh, he had a sack last week and he had two sacks the last time they played the Packers. So that's not boding well for this Packers team. A two sack pack? Yeah, yeah two sack pack. sack? <laughs> he and he led the sack. That he he led the team with ten sacks on the season. So, um, uh, DeForest Buckner, another first rounder, just loaded with like uh, high draft picks across that uh, defensive line. And you're right, it it was a little surprising when I looked at the statistics, statistics that they weren't great against the run, but they certainly were last week when they shut down Dalvin Cook, who was rolling going into yeah. that game. So uh, very impressive. Um, Fred Warner at linebacker is sort of an unsung hero there. And then on the back end, the mouth, quite mouthy uh, – a former Stanford graduate there, Richard Sherman, the former Legion of Boom dude. He had um, a pick last week uh, early in that game that really kind of set the tone uh, for the back end of that uh, defense. Um, and you know what? These guys uh, on every level play strong, strong defense. I mean, they're the number one pass defense, you know, and it doesn't seem, I mean, besides Richard Sherman, who I thought was a little, you know, past his primary, nope, he's come, he's playing great football right now, and they're playing great football in the secondary too, uh, and they're going to have to because here comes Aaron Rodgers, dude. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what quarterbacks – you know, really bring it on Sunday. We've known yep. what some of these dudes can do, but it's going to be ultimately on the quarterbacks to get these teams to the Super Bowl. Dave, and I want to give a little shout real quick. Kudos to the networks for paying tribute to Neil Peart of Rush. Man, we heard totally. them playing Rush music on all the outs last week. Very classy. He's one of the best drummers to ever hit those skins. So I want to give a little shout out, RIP to Neil Peart, man. Um, know he provided us with a lot of killer music for a long time, man. No doubt about it, dude. Amen to that. And it was classy move to sneak that in there. It was like, uh, it was it was it was very very cool, man. Once in a while, they get it right. That's right, bro. All right, dude. That is gonna do it for this episode of the Trend Zone, and that is going to do it for our championship previews as well, Casey. There are slipping away. <laughs> it's very much slipping away as we only have a handful of games remaining, dude. But for those games, you can always count on the football dudes to be there for you. Don't forget, subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And most importantly, go to footballdudes.com. Click on everything there, especially our Twitter gallery, dude. That is going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. Enjoy the championship weekends, folks. I know Casey and I will. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here.